Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the behind the scenes of a six-figure launch while working three hours a day and learning how to surf in Costa Rica. Now, um, I've been wanting to record this episode for quite a few months, but I guess the right time was now. (laughs) That's why it didn't happen before. And what I want to talk more specifically in this episode is debunking a few myths that I've been seeing floating around social media um, of maybe people who are not the most honest and, you know, who decided to do business the way they do by doing fear-based marketing. Uh, And what I mean by that is saying, well, the only way you can be successful is to do blank or the only way you can scale your business to a hundred thousand or three hundred or a half a million dollars a month is by using this or that strategy. Now, each time you hear something like that, all of your red flags should start <laughs> flashing or popping out of the ground because every time someone says there's only one way to be successful, they are lying. Now, are there more efficient ways? Are there ways that have proven to work for many people and that if you follow those methods by combining alignment and mindset of course it's going to work probably better than other ways yes absolutely right however um there is no one fits it all strategy so i recently saw this entire discussion about evergreen versus a launching business model so a launching business model is basically when you have a few, one or several signature offers and that you launch them at a specific time so people can only sign up or enroll while the cart is open and then everyone starts at the same time versus an evergreen uh, business model where you have one or several programs that are open basically all the time so people can join the program whenever they want. And I saw this heated debate online with this one coach that was saying like, oh, you can't um, scale your business to several millions If you do a launching business model that's recipe for disaster, you can only have an evergreen business model, which is bullshit. It's absolutely not true. And while there's nothing wrong with being a bit polarizing or having, you know, your opinions on your business model and thinking that your business model is the right way to do things, I don't think there's any anything wrong with that because, you know, people want different things. People have different visions with their business. So it's great that there's no one fits at all. But when someone kind of ridicules or says, oh, people who do evergreen or people who launch or people who don't use Instagram, they are stupid or they can only fail or they will never be successful. If you hear anything along those lines, um, it's not true. And I would um, be a bit suspicious of people kind of doing that. So that was a long introduction. Everything to say all of that to say that basically today I'm going to talk about how I had did that six-figure launch, which by many ways was unconventional. So it opens your field of possibilities of how you can, you know, attract success. 
and big launches, even though it's not the way some people tell you it should be. And more specifically, what we will be covering today is kind of the foundations you need to have a successful launch that are more or less... I don't want to say non-negotiables because that would kind of be a contradiction to my long introduction, but some of the elements, let's say, that are going to set you up for success, I'm going to talk about what I launched, what launching strategy I used for that specific offer, the fears and doubts that crossed my mind as I decided to launch that offer, how I approached the mindset game, and a bit also about the strategy and social media game that allowed that launch to be successful. So... Okay, let's get started. First of all, some of the foundations that are really going to help you successfully launch basically whatever you decide to launch or to sell or to put an offer out there that people will actually want to invest in or buy. Whether or not you launch it, that's not, you know, really the debate. But the foundations that are going to help you move the needle forward faster than if, let's say, you did not have those foundations is... Number one, pretty obviously having a niche. Now, can you be successful without a niche? Yes, you can. Are many people successful without a niche? No, they aren't, right? So it, it's possible if it's really aligned, if you are a good manifester, if you, you know, you're connected with what you want and you believe it's possible, you can have everything you want. But what many people stay stuck with, me included, when I started my business, is my unwillingness to niche down because since I'm trained in EFT and RTT and I basically use the power of the subconscious mind as a vehicle to help my people get more of what they want, um, there are so many things I can do. And it's fascinating. I've had people come for weight, for depression, uh, to stop smoking, for eczema, skin problem, autoimmune diseases, anxiety, wanting to be more confident in their relationships, uh, public speaking, procrastination, writing the, da the damn academic paper, not being able to write it, uh, phobias, water phobia, phobia from surgery, spider phobia, you name it. I worked with so many people on so many different issues and it's absolutely fascinating or on so many things that they wanted to alleviate or, you know, strengthen. So naturally, my first response when I heard that I needed to niche down was, well, why the hell would I want to do that if I'm so lucky to be in a field uh, of like energy, energy work and subconscious mind that can literally help almost everyone with anything. So it didn't make sense at all to me. Um, and I thought I might get bored if I only did one thing. Well, that kept me stuck for seven months in my face-to-face -face, um, therapy business, right? Where I never made enough money to be financially stable. And until I let go of the FOMO, so the fear of missing out, as well as my limiting beliefs on, oh my god, I'm going to exclude like 98% of the market by niching down, this is going to be recipe for disaster, until I was able to let that go, I basically stayed stuck. And at some point I was so sick and tired of being stuck that I was like, I'm going to give this niching thing a go. And I mean, worst case scenario, if it still doesn't work, I can still try something else like in six months or a year, but I will give it a try. So I niche down and that is one of the foundations you will need and I'm going to tell you why. Because once you pick a niche, right, once you have an area or a field that you're going to narrow down in, then it is going to give you an opportunity to know your ideal client and what your ideal client wants. And can you have several ideal clients 
Yes, you can if you have a product suite with several products uh, helping a different type of clients with some a different type of thing. So let's say um, that my mastermind is for women who want to scale their businesses to, you know, at least 10k months and above, whereas the visibility bootcamp is more so for people who need to overcome imposter syndrome and know what to post and get their first client online. So my ideal client for those two offers is going to be different. However, my niche is globally the same. It's helping, you know, female entrepreneurs overcome uh, energetic disruptions or blocks or imposter syndrome so they can scale, grow and scale their business in an aligned way without working more. So the area is always the same, but then some will want to start their business, some will want to grow their business, some will want to scale their business, some will want a more strategic kind of advice and others will want to do more of the mindset aspect of the game, right? So different ideal clients for different offers I have, but the general area of what I do is always the same. I'm not going to launch a course on how to walk your dog so it doesn't run after elderly ladies in the street, at least not for now. So once you know your ideal client, it is so much easier to create an offer that is going to solve their problems because how can you create something truly valuable if it doesn't solve the problem or it doesn't give more of what someone wants to them? And knowing your ideal client, some, you know, You've probably heard of having an ideal client avatar and they say what newspapers do they read, what movies are they into, what kind of clothes do they wear, what's their favorite food. Well, all of that is fun in games, but to be honest, I think it's a bit gnon as we would say in French. <laughs> a bit plain vanilla, doesn't really move the needle forward because... I have, I don't know, I've had hundreds of amazing clients and they don't like the same things, they don't watch the same movies and they don't wear the same clothes, right? So what is more useful when it comes to your ideal client is knowing what they want and what they don't want and what they've tried that hasn't worked and some of their values and what do they truly believe in because if you, just like me, you work with the subconscious mind and someone doesn't believe in the subconscious mind and they think they have no control over their thoughts and emotions, then that is not going to be an ideal client even if, you know, they read the same books as you or wear the same yoga pants or are vegan like you. That is just not going to work out. So having more of a psychological profile of your ideal client rather than a matter to matter, what do they want to eat and what is their favorite clothes of branding, a brand, their favorite brand of clothes is going to be so much more useful to get a very good idea of who your ideal client is. So what are their values? What do they want? What do they not want? How do they want to get there? Do, you, do, you, do they imagine themselves working a lot? Or do they want to prioritize their family? All of those things are very important. And once you know all of these things, and we'll talk about ideal clients specifically, you know, another time, then you can create an offer that actually either solves their problems or helps them get more of what they want. And sometimes it's both, right? So basically that helps them move from point A to point B. And to do that, you need to know exactly what point A is for your ideal client, as well as what point B is for your ideal client. So where are they now? And in an ideal world, where do they want to go? 
So that's one of, you know, some of the foundations that you need before you can launch anything successfully. Uh, A mistake that I've seen done and that some of my clients came to me because they were, you know, they didn't quite realize is that they invested in a launching course and the launching course was great, right? It was a very well done course, but they still had no idea what they wanted to niche in and who their ideal client was. So they actually couldn't really use the launching course as those foundations weren't in place. And strong foundations, even though sometimes it takes a bit of time to figure it out, to get over FOMO and to kind of niche down uh, into something, once you have strong foundations, ladies and gentlemen and anyone listening, that is when you can start, grow and scale a profitable business. It all starts with foundations. Just like, you know, when you build a house, you want strong foundations on your house before you do interior design and choose, you know, what kind of plants you want in your garden and which color you're going to use to paint uh, the outside of the home. You need those strong foundations. And last but not least how to successfully launch or put an offer out there has a lot to do with showing up with confidence and the deep inner knowing that the tools that you are using or the method, you know, that you decide to use are powerful and can help your clients and that it is not all your responsibility. You don't have to fix anyone. You don't have to save anyone. It's not on your shoulders. It's not all on your shoulders, but rather it's a co-creation. Now, why do I mention this in the foundations? Let's say you've nailed your niche, you know exactly who your ideal client is, what they want, what they don't want. You come up with a bomb.com offer, you know, that, uh, yeah, it's just an amazing offer that is going to walk them through all of the necessary steps that they need to move from point A to B. And you have all of these fantastic elements, but now here you are, and you feel completely cringy or awkward or very anxious about showing up online and actually talking about your offer or just saying, hey, people, I've got an amazing offer that's going to solve uh, your problem or help you get more of what you want. That is a fundamental element. Like you can't successfully um, sell or put yourself out there if you either don't believe in yourself or you don't believe in your program or you believe in your program but you feel that you don't have what it takes for people to like you or that you're not good enough or like imposter syndrome is still interfering or that all of the weight of responsibility is on you and that you have to fix them like all of those things are really going to interfere with the process of you know successfully attracting clients to us because it's going to be very fear or anxiety um, driven. So those are the foundations that I really wanted to mention because it would be a bit silly to tell you how to launch an offer if the these kind of kind of foundations aren't there. Now, what I launched. So this six-figure launched happened six-figure launched happened in between April and May of this year while I was in Mexico in Costa Rica. Um, chilling out under a coconut tree with really crappy Wi-Fi and learning how to surf, which was amazing, and meeting a bunch of amazing people, traveling around, visiting like volcano cities and hot springs. And what I decided to launch at that time was a mastermind. So I had already launched a mastermind prior to that, I think in November of 2020, that started in January of 2021. That was amazing. The people that enrolled in that mastermind were amazing and created such a strong group that supported each other for the length of the of the program. 
And all of that was fantastic. And maybe I'll do an episode on that launch too, because it was my first big launch. Um, but then this new mastermind that I launched between April and May of 2021, sorry, so this year, was different in the sense of it was a smaller container, so only 12 spots open, and the goal of which was me having my eyes on everyone's business and everyone in general, so they really had that high-touch, highly customizable personal advice for their specific, you know, business or circumstances, and it was a combination between three main elements of all of the marketing aspects and how to put ourselves out there, how to build a strong offer and all of the foundations I've just talked about. It was about mindset and manifestation. So everything that has to go to do with uh, letting go of energetic disruptions, deep subconscious and energetic work to let go of, you know, limiting beliefs that we just acquired throughout our early days in life or that we even inherited from past generations and the third aspect was launching because launching is a true business accelerator and some people will say launching is shit you should have an evergreen program which you know (laughs) haters gonna hate if you want to have an evergreen program go ahead right it's just not the topic of this podcast it just it just I think it's a bit silly as I said in the beginning to say you can't be successful if you launch when so many people are successful launching. Like I completely respect that you want an evergreen program, which works completely fantastically well too, but don't say that it's the only way to be successful. Like that's bullshit, but whatever. Um, And launching, as I said, was also um, part of this mastermind. So the people who enrolled in the mastermind could put an offer out there or learn how to launch once or twice throughout the program so they knew how it worked and they could do it as many times as they wanted even after the the program was over. And in general, just knowing how to structure an offer, how to come up with an offer, how to put an offer out there even if it's going to be evergreen, right? So that was what I launched. High-level mastermind open to 12 amazing people. And um, I was really excited about it, but as I will mention soon and talk about soon, I also had quite a few fears and doubts around that program as the investment for that program, it was a 10K program, was the highest um, highest investment program I had ever launched. And I had a lot of kind of anxiety and fears around, oh my God, can I even do this, right? I've only been... Uh, I've only had an online business for one year, which actually, you know, is kind of off topic. Like, it doesn't really matter how long you've been in the game. It it doesn't really impact what you can charge for your programs. But it was something that was in my mind. So that's the mastermind I launched. I was really excited back then in April about coming up with that offer because I knew it would be so transformational and that a lot of magic could happen in those six months. Now, the launching strategy I used for that specific mastermind and why I used that is until then, all of my launches had been um, live launch events. So I would host, and I still do, by the way, an event. So either a training, a workshop or a challenge that was anything between three to five days uh, at the end of which people have, you know, the choice to enroll in a program during the open door open doors phase 
Um, and once the doors are closed, that is it. And we get started with those people. And then there's a wait list and people can enroll next time around if they want to. So until then, that's what I've been, what I had been doing. But for this specific program, so for the mastermind, I did not want to have a live launch event for a very simple reason is, and that was that while I was in Mexico and Costa Rica, my Wi-Fi was bad. That was one of the main reasons. So I didn't want to take the risk of hosting an event um, if I could not deliver a high quality training or if there was if there was going to be glitches with the Zoom or the live training. Like I didn't want to waste people's time and I didn't want to stress about the Wi-Fi not being good. And I moved in many different places so I could never know in advance how the Wi-Fi was going to be in the place I stayed at. And looking back, that was a very good decision because while the Wi-Fi was good in Mexico in my Airbnb, in Costa Rica, it would not have worked out. So that was the first reason. And the second reason is that behind a live launch, quite a bit of work is involved. So it's organizable and delegatable and you can also automate part of it if you have a team which I had but it's still you know in my opinion um, it takes a lot of energy to be on for the entire circle cycle of a live launch meaning two weeks of promo then a solid week of live launching and reminding people to go catch the replays as well as opening and closing the doors and the entire cycle would have lasted maybe like four to five weeks, which I just did not want to do while I was traveling. I wanted to, uh, my first priority was learning how to surf and chill the F out. And one of the reasons I have a business and I'm not in an office right now is because I want the freedom of doing whatever I want, whenever I want. And if that includes chilling out under a coconut tree with my sister, because my sister was with me in Mexico and her friend, or learning how to surf without having to be anywhere at a specific time, delivering a specific training and depending on Wi-Fi, then so be it. So that was the two reasons why I didn't want to live launch. So instead, I decided that I would have some, like, I would open the doors for enrollment for two full months, meaning that I started to talk about the mastermind, I think, the first time at the end of March and that people had until the end of May to enroll and then we would get started in June. So basically the deadline to enroll was end of May and that basically allowed me to have approximately six to eight weeks during which I would consistently talk about the mastermind, uh, send an email, mention it in the podcast and most importantly talk about it on Instagram and Facebook without having uh, any constraints or restrictions or like a tight schedule I would have to um, you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for that I would have to respect if I wasn't sure I could do that because of traveling or wi-fi so that's what I did and basically between end of March I would say more so mid-April until end of May. I consistently talked about the mastermind on stories, on Instagram posts, on Facebook posts, through email, as well as in my podcast, but without doing it every single day either. It was pretty balanced. So that was the launching strategy I used. And in addition to that, by back then, 
For the people who enrolled before a specific date, they had a more extensive payment plan as well as an early bird investment um, point that was a bit lower than people who signed up after that. So that was the strategy I used um, and it worked. It worked really well. And it's something that works really well in general. Actually, when people have an evergreen program that is always open, that is kind of what they do. So they consistently always talk about their signature offer and tell people to enroll. So that's kind of what I did uh, throughout a period of six to eight weeks. And the call to action was always the same, was in like, go check the page for all of the details, um, enroll in the mastermind, send me a message or book a call if you need or want more details. So that's what I use. And I also reached out to a few past clients that either had let me know that they wanted to potentially be in a future mastermind or that I thought would be a good fit for the mastermind. So that's what I did. Now, let's talk about fears and doubts that went through my mind. And boy, did I I have fears and doubts. I don't want you to think that this was a complete walk in the park because it wasn't. So... When I decided to launch that mastermind, it came from a place of alignment. So I meditated a lot on on it. I did some EFT. And what I envisioned was super clear. It was a high-level mastermind with 12 amazing men or women, usually queens, but sometimes we have kings too, um, who would kind of create this special energy and synergies. Is that how you say it? In French, it's synergies. Basically hyping each other up, creating very positive energy, having a similar goal or a similar direction, even though the details could be different, of wanting to expand their business, their income, their freedom in their life, and also do some inner growth throughout these six months. And yeah, and teaching them how to launch and having, you know, including that mastermind, my launching course, my abundance magnet course, as well as my marketing and visibility course. So for me, it was like the perfect combination of bliss and growth. So I had this image and I was so excited about it and I was aligned, you know, with the investment point because in uh, my opinion, it only takes one good launch to make your investment back. So it, it felt perfectly amazing. However, my ego, some, some people will call it ego, other people will call it, you know, just limiting beliefs or the limited version of ourselves that has been conditioned by society and different or various people or events had massive fears about me not being able to do that. And it was strong, you guys. Like, there was a lot of horror movies running in my mind. What if no one buys? Or what if, like, one or two people invest, which would be I would be so grateful for, but it kind of defeats the entire purpose of a mastermind where people, you know, can support each other and help each other out. Like I wanted at least six people out of the 12 so we can create some sort of group dynamic. And I also had thoughts and feelings of, do I even have people in my audience who would invest that amount? Are they there? How am am I going to find them? Uh, Do they have the money? Like all of the thoughts you can imagine were running through my mind. And I knew that if I didn't do anything about it, I was going to manifest exactly my worst case scenario because if you've ever told yourself you can't manifest, well, let me tell you that if you've envisioned like a worst case scenario or if you envision something you don't want, like, oh, what if no one, what if I don't get any clients this month or what if I don't get my three clients this month and then it happens, 
while you successfully manifested what you did not want. And this might sound a bit like counterintuitive, but manifestation is visualizing and feeling something and then attracting to you what is consistent with that vision and those feelings. So if I'm imagining my God, what if I don't, I have only three or four people or two people or no one that invests in this mastermind and what if I can't find them and, and what if they aren't in my audience and what if blah, 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 blah. And I'm constantly running this movie in my mind and I'm feeling the anxiety or the sadness of not having my 12 people. Well, I'm going to attract what is consistent with that emotion. I'm constant, I am successfully manifesting a circumstance or a scenario scenario or a dimension in the quantum field that is going to be coherent with those anxious thoughts and limiting beliefs or negative feelings or emotions. I was really well aware of that. So what I did is that I reached out to a mentor who did um, EFT basically and a bit of energy uh, work because I knew that I could not afford the luxury of holding those shitty thoughts and emotions in my mind if I wanted a successful outcome. I just knew it. And how I approached it is, and it, that was thanks to my mentor too, is that I imagined what I wanted, I envisioned, you know, what I wanted, and then I listened to all of the yes buts. And I kind of let anything come up to the surface that told me why it wouldn't be possible. And the very first, like the strongest emotion when I thought of having these 12 people was what if they invest 10K, $10,000 and they don't get what they want or they, you know, their business doesn't grow or they're disappointed. And that was such a strong fear that they would feel that it was a waste of money or that they wouldn't be happy or that I failed to deliver what they wanted. And it goes back to something, you know, that has been very sticky with me. Uh, that is, thank God now, less and less strong because I've been working on it quite a bit, of feeling responsible for other people's results and happiness. And this has been going on with me probably in my 55 uh, past lives, <laughs> but definitely since as long as I can remember. Probably when I was a kid, I already felt some sort of, I need to be a great kid, I need to have good grades, I need to be nice so mommy and, and daddy can be happy, right? So I know that this is a pattern that has been going on for a long time, but it hadn't really popped up that much in the business until then, right? Because when I had my one-on-one -on -one imposter syndrome terminator program, I was really confident in people getting results because they had my full one-on-one -on -one attention. And when I launched my first Visibility Queen Bootcamp, you know, I, I truly believed it was going to be amazing and the investment was really low. Um, like those people got such a bargain. The first, like the founding members of the Visibility Queen Bootcamp literally got the best deal ever, good for them. Um, so it never really popped up until the mastermind and it was all to do with the investment which technically doesn't like it kind of makes sense but it doesn't really make sense when you really think about it because let's imagine that instead of charging 10,000 for the mastermind which it's well worth I charge two let's take an arbitrary number 2,000 
then the feeling of responsibility would have gone away. I would have been like, no, it's going to be amazing. They're going to get what they want. But for some reason, in my mind, there was some sort of belief that was formed at some point that if people invest more, then I am more responsible for them, which doesn't make sense. It doesn't, right? It makes sense kind of logically, maybe like, oh, if they invest more, maybe you should work more for them, but it doesn't really make sense. So that's something I realized and I actively worked on letting go of feeling responsible for other people's, um, you know, happiness and results. And that was mainly due to family circumstances. So it didn't really have that much to do with my actual clients. It was more bouncing off my own um, life and my own experiences with close family members and a few very close friends that I had tried to help in the past and it didn't work because, you know, they weren't really involved in their own healing. And once that was over, um, or rather, once I was able to heal that and bring a lot of peace to that... It wasn't a problem at all. Like the 10k investment point, that wasn't a prob like a perceived problem at all. And I actually felt really good about the investment because, again, I truly believe that those six months of high touch, like it's a hybrid mastermind with a lot of one-on-one -on -one support, was completely worth it. So that was out of the way, which is amazing. And then the second thing that popped up, I remember, was what if they these people aren't in my audience? And that was an obsession. And, and those thoughts and feelings are not new. Probably since I started my business, I had this constant question of where is my next client going to come from, even when I had my face-to-face -face business. And it's a very common thing. Like even people who've successfully launched uh, or who've had like, you know, $100,000 months or even more who've reached a million dollar mark, they, a lot of them still have the where is my next client going to come from. And what is interesting with that is that on a pure energetic perspective, there is no difference between the unit, like getting money through a client or finding a client and your, your boss paying you a salary or your company paying you a salary. Like just on an energetic perspective, money is energy. So whether the money flows from, you know, your company or your boss as a salary or whether you, you find or attract a new client, energetically there's no difference. But in our mind, getting a salary is normal because we've been so, I don't want to use the, the word brainwash because it's not a bad thing, but we've been so used to since we were kids that you work and in exchange, in exchange you get a salary, you know, you get paid a salary, that it has just entered the, the t complete normal. Like it's just something that's absolutely normal. Whereas attracting a client, quote unquote, out of nowhere, for many of us, sounds more difficult than getting paid a salary. And energetically, that's not true. Like the universe pays you a salary and sometimes it pays you a salary through a boss and sometimes it pays you a salary through sending you clients, you know, and that is it. So I had that thought, where are my clients going to come from? Are they even in my audience? Do I have high ticket clients in my audience? Blah, 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 blah. Again, limiting beliefs. Um, and I had an obsession with my Facebook group reach. Because at that time, I would say approximately between, um, if I remember well, February of, or March of 2020 until pretty recently, 
The Facebook group reach was a disaster for some obscure reason. Um, just the way it is. The content didn't change. Uh, maybe it's an algorithm thing. It's probably an energetic thing. I don't really know. I haven't really, you know, scratched the surface because I don't think it's really necessary. But nevertheless, my Facebook group reach was super low, meaning that I would post, you know, a post, business as usual. And instead of getting anything between 10 to 100 likes, it would get zero or two or five or seven. And I had this obsession, like it was almost pathological. My mind would be like, how am I ever going to find people for my mastermind if they can't even see the posts? Like, how is it is this content and this information ever going to reach a potential ideal client for the mastermind if the algorithm or the Facebook group is not showing them the content? And that created so much fear and anxiety. But at the root of it, it goes back to this belief that we need to control everything. That if our Instagram reach or Facebook group or Facebook or whatever social media platform reach is high, then we will get clients. And if it's not high, we can't get clients. And again, that is not true. The universe could not care less about your social media metrics. And I'm sure you've met or seen people online who have massive groups or a lot of likes and comments on their content, but who struggle to get clients or who don't have clients or who have like very rare clients. And I know that to be true because some of the people who invested in the Abundance Magnet, which is another one of my programs, they had like this fantastic, insane engagement rate with like likes and comments on their social platforms well above industry, industry standards Yet, there was other stuff going on in their energy that kind of repelled clients or they didn't feel worthy or they didn't feel they deserve or they had like a receiving thing going on and they didn't have any clients. And then the other example, the other way around, where you see these Instagram accounts where the reach seems to be so low and they have like 10 or 20 or 30,000 followers and they have like 57 likes on their posts, yet they have no issues in rolling new people in their offers or programs because it's just a question of belief. They trust that clients and people will come and people and clients come and that is it. Whatever you believe to be true is going to be true in your reality. So I knew intellectually that it didn't matter that my group reach was very low because it was just a question of believing that they would come but the problem is that to believe that they would come I needed the confirmation that many people were seeing my content on Facebook so that was a bit of a tricky thing to get out of but eventually I got there and what I did to get out of that dynamic that was super unhelpful because when the algorithm or when whatever is going on on your social platform doesn't go the way you want, it can cause so much anxiety and havoc in your mind. Uh, I have gotten mad so many times on an Instagram post that got like, I don't know, not as many likes as I wanted. And the primary reason is like, how are people going to find me? But again, you know, that's not the way it works. So I finally let go and I was like, okay, Facebook group, I let this go. I accept that people will find me. I don't need to find them. They will find me. The energy of my mastermind is going to attract the right people to it. The energy and the transformation that the mastermind is emanating 24-7 is going to connect with the energy of people who need that program 
and those people are going to find their, their way to the mastermind. So that's also what I shifted in my, my thoughts and I stopped obsessing, obsessing about it because to be honest, uh, surfing was way more exciting than getting mad behind my phone or computer screen seeing seven likes on a Facebook book, Facebook post. So at some point I was, I was, oh, I'm struggling with my speech. At some point I was like, screw this. Like I could choose to get anxious and mad over, you know, my social media reach right now, but I'm in Costa Rica and I want to go surfing. And it's completely absurd to let this have such an impact on my emotional well-being when I am literally in paradise when I manifested myself this amazing opportunity to learn how to surf and meet, you know, amazing people and be in nature. So at some point I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to care about this anymore. This is pointless and it's absolutely not helping me manifest, quite the opposite. Um, so yes, that is basically, that were the two main things. So what if they can't afford it or where are they going to come from and I res I'm responsible for their results and once I got those two biggies out of the way using basically you know what I preach all day but EFT and a bit of journaling and meditation and visualizing that the right people would find me and then the energy of my mastermind would connect with the right people who wanted and needed that specific transformation uh, then I just went out and had fun I didn't force myself to do a post if I didn't want to etc etc so that was the mindset game and now I'm going to talk about kind of the strategy and social media game behind this six-figure launch so eventually the mastermind attracted 11 dream clients from heaven and I am so 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 grateful for every single one of my clients because they are all the nicest, most compassionate, cool people to hang out with. So a coaching call doesn't feel like work, it just feels like hanging out with friends. I ended up um, attracting 11 perfect clients for the mastermind. It was initially 12 people who enrolled, but then the 12th person kind of, you know, had a bit of a, um, let me find the accurate words to put this eloquently. Um... I don't know what went on in her mind, but she basically accused me of lying about how many spots were left when it wasn't the case. And then she apologized because she misunderstood, but still said I was dishonest. Like, it was super weird. So I was like, get the F out of my mastermind. So we funded her, we funded her the money before we started because I refuse to have one person that is going to screw up the energy of an entire mastermind uh, even if they pay me 10k for that. So I was like, no, take your money and please get out of my mastermind. So ended up with 11 people, angel number, I guess that was meant to be, uh, in the mastermind. And they all enrolled, you know, throughout those six to eight weeks. Fun fact that I forgot to mention, but I think is so important, is that there was this kind of, there was a deadline and I think it was end of April. So enrollment was open until end of May. And end of April... If people enrolled by then, they had uh, a more extensive payment plan as well as 700 off enrollment. And by then, I think I had five people or maybe six. Yeah, five or six. And that was a test because part of my mind really went down the rabbit hole of thinking oh my god, like, this is it, no one more is going to enroll, because why would someone wait? 
after this? Like, why would someone not take the extra payment plan and not take the 700 bucks off? Like, for me, it didn't make any sense, right? So a big part of me wanted to accept defeat <laughs> and say, this is it, no one else is going to enroll. Had quite a bit of anxiety. But then I was like, no, this I'm just placing limitations on myself. Some people, you know, maybe some people haven't found me yet. Maybe for some people, they need more time to think. And that time they need to think is more valuable for them than making a rushed decision, even if they get, you know, 700 bucks off. So I really needed to decide that it didn't mean anything. That the fact that, uh, you know, by that time, we had five or six people. It didn't mean anything. It didn't mean that I could have, couldn't fill up the mastermind. It didn't mean that people didn't want it, blah, blah, blah. I really needed to let go of all of those opinions that I built around people not having enrolled by that deadline. And thank God I did because the people did come. So throughout the six to eight weeks, everyone enrolled, many of which I think towards the end, which is often the case when you launch anything and there's an end date, uh, some people tend to, you know, wait in, until the last minute because they need some time to think. And the social media game and basically the entire launch process was so simple. And it was, I was so grateful for that because I was able to have fun and go surfing and go traveling while launching a mastermind that resulted in a like over $100,000 launch. So what I did is I committed to doing stories every day or almost every day on Instagram and then I reposted them on Facebook. And throughout those stories, it was a combination of, you know, just what I was doing there or surfing or smoothie bowls or basically the day-to-day -day life over there, kind of like personal stuff, not business related. And then the rest was content that if I was in my ideal client's shoes and I was considering the mastermind, that's the question I ask myself, very simple question. What would I need to hear and see on stories or co social media content to make the right decision and to enroll if the program was right for me. So I addressed objections, I talked about what they could expect, I talked about the different aspects of the mastermind, uh, which were like the strategic aspect, strategic marketing and foundations, like building the right foundation so you can grow and scale, the launching aspect of it, the manifestation aspect of it, the fact that we will be doing a lot of energetic and inner work, so whatever they want their business to look like, we are going to build an aligned business rather than a one fits it all Ines strategy handbook business BS kind of thing because I don't believe that people should build their, their business like they they I built mine I believe that they should do whatever they want and whatever feels good and then we find a way to make it possible right so I talked about all of these things I talked about you know some some hurdles that I had seen other clients that hurdles that they you know came across while scaling their business and how we got around or above those hurdles and I talked about those those stories and the master um, on my those stories in my stories or in my content um, talk about personal stuff or how I overcame some of my own beliefs or limitations what I allowed me to scale um, and what they could expect from the mastermind what they should not expect from the mastermind why I was so excited about the program and the people joining the pro program, etc., etc. So I did that. I would say 
at least three to four solid stories a week as well as solid posts but that's and the call to action was always the same join the mastermind you have until end of may we get started in june or send me a message if you have any questions or go check out the mastermind page on my website if you want any more details so that was the uh, mastermind i also posted about one episode one podcast episode a week maybe it was one every 10 days i can't quite remember because sometimes you know i just didn't have wi-fi or didn't have time uh, again you know focusing on, on content that would appeal the most to the ideal client for the mastermind so i wouldn't so much talk about i don't know um let's say how to find your niche but rather how to scale your business because the ideal client for the mastermind was likely to already have their niche and already be making maybe, you know, anything between zero to two or three thousand a month and they wanted to scale. So I made sure that the content I put out there spoke directly to the ideal client for the mastermind rather than, you know, to someone who is at a different stage in their business. And I also send, I think, maybe one email a week, probably less. Maybe, well, let's say one email every week or every other week. Uh, again, with the main call to action being check out the mastermind, etc., etc. But still focusing on delivering a lot of value. So not like buy my program, buy my program, buy my mastermind. Mastermind is amazing. You should buy my mastermind because that gets really annoying really fast. But finding a combination between valuable content, uh, testimonials, ins inspirational content of other people who move the needle forward, personal stuff, and of course, you know, talking about the mastermind. Because even if you feel like a broken record, usually people don't watch all of your stories or don't see all of your posts. So let's say you talked about your program three times in a week, maybe they will see one or two posts and not all of the three. So that is what the social media game looked like. And we got there after the, by the end of May, I had amazing, I had 11 amazing, fantastic, soul aligned, compassionate, beautiful human beings that enrolled and uh, that I'm still working with at the moment that I could not be more grateful for. And by many different aspects it was also a quantum leap because I proved to myself that even though I had all of the fears and the doubts and the oh my god what if this doesn't work do I even have the people my Facebook group reach is disastrous can they even find me where are they going to come from um, I proved myself that despite all of those thoughts and emotions and my vibe you know not being that great all of the time which is completely fine I will I still manage to make the vision come to reality which is such a valuable thing to experience in your business because if you can do it once you can do it again and even if you've never done it because I had never done it before I launched that mastermind you can still manifest something that you've never manifested before so that was it um, for this mastermind launch this six-figure launch while working three hours a day or less because the wi-fi just was what didn't allow me to do anymore and I was surfing and I really did not want to sacrifice that unique experience in Mexico and Costa Rica and spend all the time working so usually I worked um, sometimes between 5 and 7 a.m and I would just wake up naturally because we would wake up at 5 to go surfing and usually when I'm in warm countries I tend to um, wake up earlier and I would also work from 5 sometimes to 8 p.m when the sun 
well, six to eight, six to eight when the sun was had set and I didn't have FOMO and there was no place I would rather be because throughout the day, I'd rather be at the beach or at the swimming pool or chatting with friends. But when the sun was gone or after dinner, I also like found some time in those periods to work on the business, but I did not work on it when I did not want to work on the business. I did not send the email if I did not want to send it and I did not post if I didn't feel like it. And that's probably the most valuable lesson go with the flow and the universe will take care of the rest so thank you so much for listening and i hope this was helpful and i'll see you in the next episode bye bye Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance in clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inespadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.